Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. All right. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. If you were with me last week during last week's episode, you know that we were talking about uh, overcoming a lot of the problems and challenges people are facing today. And we talked a little bit about why it's one thing to recognize a problem. It's one thing to recognize a challenge. But when you dwell on problems and challenges at a certain point, it gets to the point where those problems begin to overwhelm any possible solution that you may be considering. When that happens, you kind of get stuck in a little bit of a rut or maybe even a big rut. And I think a lot of people, as I mentioned last week, are in that place today. And so some people reached out to me after last week's episode. We had a, uh, a few discussions in the inbox. And uh, in case you didn't listen to the episode, I had mentioned two psychologists that were talking about goal setting, why it works and why it doesn't. I've heard this conversation basically before, but they put it in a slightly different light that I found to be beneficial but basically what they were saying is everything comes back to motivation and having a, a vision for your life, for your business. So you may remember when you first started your business or when you first started a new project that you were genuinely excited about that, and you look back on it, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, it was something that you were very interested in, at least at the time. So, of course, it'd be fair to say if you're not interested in something, it's hard to get excited or enthusiastic about that. Isn't it true? So I know that when I first started to learn some of the skills that I use today, I spent hours reading, practicing, learning. Most of the time, honestly, it didn't really even feel like work to me. There were times where I would go to sleep out of necessity, but a bigger part of me wanted to stay awake and wanted to keep going with the project. If you've ever been there yourself, I'm sure you have. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, getting that back again, and this is connected with the topic of having a vision. Let's just use the context of business for now because that's what we're talking about. When you have a vision for your business, you're working towards it, some kind of growth, and the vision is believable to you, the individual, what kind of energy does that create? And what kind of momentum can you generate from that energy? It's a lot different from just getting up every day, sitting down, turning on your your computers, your devices, whatever, and then basically just going through the same thing again, especially if you don't have any specific appointments scheduled for that day. I know that sometimes I kind of get lazy, not very often, but sometimes I'll just kind of glide through the day. Not much gets done. Before I know it, it's dinner time, and I look back on the day and not a whole lot was accomplished. Most of my days aren't like that, but I can contrast those times with the times that I was engaged in a project, when I was excited about it, when I was motivated about it, and whenever I had a little bit of downtime, it was just another opportunity to spend more time doing that thing. And so I think a lot of people could use something like that in their lives again. I mentioned that last week. I mentioned also that I know a lot of people, they're currently in a saturated niche. The supply is exceeding the demand. And when that happens, your vision, your excitement for the future, well, obviously it's going to take a few hits 
for obvious reasons. Maybe you don't see what you're doing as being a viable alternative because how things have changed in the marketplace or how things have changed in the world. And there are things that we can do to counter that type of situation. For example, the two immediate things that came to mind last week, number one was to niche down. In other words, take your existing skill set, your skills, whatever it is that you do, and apply them to an underserved marketplace or an underserved group of people. Now, for marketing, the first group that came to mind, it's been around for years. An underserved group has been manufacturers. You can reach out to a manufacturer. You can find them online. Uh, and I'm not talking about any specific kind of manufacturer. I'm sure that there are some that are exceptions to this rule. But generally speaking, manufacturers don't keep up with uh, technology, online technology. They don't keep up with online marketing. You're not going to find many manufacturers that have an active newsletter or a podcast or any of those things. And so if you go into one of those areas and you bring your skill set there and you connect with one of these organizations, companies, um, and so on, then or several of them, you'll find that you can get results for them much easier than you're currently getting for some of your clients because there's just so many people selling the same basic thing. Now, I know that sometimes there are ways to make whatever it is that you're selling look different. There's ways to make it sound or look unique, but there's only so many ways that you can do that. And after a while, everybody is using the, or has access to the same information, which is another reason why so many course creators are suffering right now and coaches are suffering because that information, even the best of the best coaching information has been commoditized. Now, for some of you, that may come as a surprise. You may think, well, where is this information? Well, basically, all you have to do is reach out into an AI like ChatGPT, and you can type the person's name in, and you can get information about them, about what they teach, about some of their secrets. It's all there. I, even my name is in there. I looked up my name before. I asked for the background on me, and, get, and uh, you know, it went out there, found all the information, and so... The more of anything that we have, what happens? The, the less that thing is valued. The scarcer something is, the more valuable it becomes. And so a lot of us are selling information that is has basically been commoditized. The supply has exceeded the demand and we're in the place where we're not growing the way we have in the past. And the future, if you couple AI in on top of that, doesn't exactly look overly positive. And so ways to get around that, again, would be the first way is to target an underserved market to niche down. Uh, you can look at those as two different things. They actually are. There's underserved markets and there are niches that other people haven't. Now, when I say there's niches that other people haven't really targeted yet, I don't mean that you're going to be the actual first person there. I'm just saying that when a niche truly is making a lot of money, the people that serve that niche aren't going to go out there and announce it or advertise it. That makes sense. And so a lot of people are starting to realize that I was buying information products on how to do a certain type of business, thinking I was going to make a lot of money and not realizing that the people selling the information were selling the information because they've already gotten their most of what it is to get out of that uh, marketplace. In other words, Somebody finds a mine, there's gold in it, right? The first thing they're, they're not going to do is 
They're not going to come back and tell everybody, hey, I'll sell you a map to where the gold is and you pay me X amount of dollars for the map and that's how I'm going to make my money. No, if it's if it's within reach, you're going to go into the gold mine yourself. You're going to extract as much gold as you're humanly capable of extracting until you hit a point where it doesn't make sense to give the effort into doing that anymore. It'd be much easier to sell the directions to that gold mine to other people who are just starting in their journey. Of course, that makes sense. And so sometimes we look at ourselves and we think, oh, I can't believe that I put so much energy into trying to build a business in a marketplace that was already saturated long before I got to the point where it looked like a business opportunity for me. I'm not saying that you should feel that way. You shouldn't. I got into the how to build a um, digital um, business back in 1998, and I decided to focus on building a digital agency. How long did it take for the digital agency world to start to get saturated? I would say by, realistically speaking, by 2015. I know that's a long time ago. The agency world was kind of saturated at that time, and then people started coming out with courses. I came out with one myself on how to build a digital agency because I knew that there were people, new generations of people, younger people who were just starting out, older people who hadn't figured it out how to do it on the level that they could be making a full-time income from it. I sold that product. Would I recommend doing it again today? Well, that's a tough question for me to answer because I'm not starting today. I can't go back and forget about all the experiences I've had. It's been 25, 26 years for me doing it today. I would say it would probably be easier to buy if you had the money to buy an existing digital agency business if that was something that you really wanted to do. But I would say that the opportunity for selling online services as and now I know this could be the semantics people get confused. Well, what's an agency? But basically an agency is a service that is sold through a business, right? An agency offers a service to their clients. I recommend doing it as a solopreneur or maybe if you just have a handful of people. I don't recommend building agencies. See, in my mind, an agency had like at least four or five people working in it or else it's not really an agency. It's just a freelance type of business or a partnership. Partnership would be two people. Solopreneur is one person. But at the end of the day, it's not like we're driving to a location with physical equipment and building something that's physical. It's not like we have to put out the cash for materials and all of that. In other words, we're not like general contractors are in the uh, bricks and mortar world. We're building digital products. We're offering digital services. And so you're, what, that, what it really comes down to at the end of the day today is can you sell yourself? Because every business is going to come down to sales. And so I would say some people are going to be able to sell themselves a lot easier than other people will. The person who doesn't like talking to people, the person that doesn't like being visible, then they might struggle, of course, a little bit more than somebody who is willing to go out there and network and talk to people and shake hands and kind of do it like a politician would, create content, do all of that. So, okay, here's the thing. When we look at any of these career options, when we look at any of them, even during the point of highest saturation, 
there are going to be people who will do well. There will be people who will make money. Now, they may not be making as much money as they had, let's say, 10 years ago or even five years ago, but they'll still be making enough to live a, a, a comfortable life. They'll still have a viable income. Most of the people in that marketplace won't. So let's say in a crowded niche, very crowded niche, maybe like 5% of the people in there are going to do well and everybody else is kind of you know, going to pick up the scraps. And I'm just trying to put it out there because if you're in a crowded niche right now and you're making money, then I'll be the last person to tell you that you should abandon it because there's too many people in it. Make money for as long as you can make money. Just realize that every business is like that. I talked to people that were in the building trades for years and they were telling me about what it was like to be building back during certain uh, eras in time and how well they did during certain decades and how poorly they did in certain other decades, but they were still here today. They were still around. And so they went through the waves of all of that. I've experienced that myself. I started in 1998 and I'm still doing it today. And I went through the waves of up and down and up and down. But during that time, I discovered some ways that I found were easier. I talk about this, by the way, in my, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to take a break today and talk, tell you about the digital strategist newsletter at jimsnewsletter.com or the one to many system at one to many system.com. You can go and check those out. But the one to many system is my approach to building an online business as a solopreneur. And one of the things that I wanted to put out there is that last week when I was talking about serving a different niche or niching down, two options. Maybe you niche down and you find an underserved niche, a subgroup of the group that you're already serving, and you can make that work. Maybe you can't make that work, and so you have to move into a different marketplace altogether. Those were the two examples that I gave last week. But one of the things I noticed from talking to some people is that a lot of people look at that like you're starting a new business. And so if your project, if you're looking at where you are in business right now and you think, I got to do something different, try not to look at it like starting a new business. Try to look at this new activity, whether you're going to build a new website for a new marketplace or whatever. Look at it as a project that comes under the umbrella of your existing business. And let me tell you why. It all comes down to mindset. 80% of what you do when you have the skills comes down, I believe, to mindset and maybe 20%, maybe it's 75, 25 or 80, 20, who knows, comes down to the strategy. You need a strategy, absolutely. But if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to be able to execute the strategy. You're going to be like the deer caught in headlights. You're going to be like the person at the crossroads not being able to choose whether to go to the left or to go to the right. Now, one of the things that will slow people down right now who want to take the advice that I'm giving, but they don't feel like they have the energy to actually execute it, is the feeling that they're building another business. So if I told you that you could take your existing skills and focus on a completely different marketplace, so let's say, for example, you're talking about investing. You write about investing types of information, and currently, let's say you talk about general investing, but you decided that it's just too hard to grow the business. You're not getting the views. You're not building the list. And so you want to focus on people that are entering into, let's say, their 60s. 
And these are people that are close to collecting Social Security, but they're not there yet. And according to statistics, this particular group of people do not have enough income where they'll be able to comfortably retire but while also maintaining their current lifestyle. And so let's say you're going to focus on that group instead. It's a brand new group for you. If you look at it like you're creating another business on top of what you already have, then the chances are you're going to feel emotionally overwhelmed before you even take a step in that direction. Instead, and and I have to say this, a lot of this comes down to psychology, mindset, whatever label you want to put on it, but you psych yourself out sometimes because you make the project look overwhelming before you even take a step forward. And so one of the easiest ways to do this is to remember that if you're a solopreneur and you're building your personal brand, then look at it like this. What you have is like a store. And so if you're going to, let's use investing again as the example, you have a a general site where you teach investing, how people can make money, so on and so forth. Let's say you jumped on the... um, you know, the Bitcoin and and the rest of that, you started to teach that, but you didn't get much headway in that. But yet this is something you're really interested in. You know it like the back of your hand. And so now you're going to attempt to target this new group over here who appears to be underserved. Don't look at it like you're starting a new business. Don't look at it like you're starting from ground zero again. Instead, imagine this. You have a store, you're going to put a new department in the store, right? You have a personal brand, you're going to attach a new project to your personal brand. It's all an extension of who you already are. You're not starting from the beginning again. You don't have to learn all your skills over again. You're not starting at ground zero. Yes, it may be a new group of people who haven't heard from you before, but the skills that you bring into this project are light years ahead of the skills that you would have brought to a new project, let's say, five years ago. Because you have experience, the technology is better, you are familiar with your options. I mean, think about how you could start something quickly. If I had a site that was talking about, let's say, marketing, and I'm teaching general marketing, I can take my site, clone it, and then just go and use chat GPT to change everything from the headlines to the call to action and all of that. I can use AI to help me write new copy and all of that and get it done a fraction of the time it would have taken me to get this done, let's say, five years ago. Because if I have a headline that I'm trying to generate, the general gist of it is I want people who are close to retirement age, let's say 60 years old, they don't have enough money to retire on. I'm explaining all this, typing it into chat GPT. I could say, give me a dozen different headlines and subheadlines. I could ask it to write me a hook. I could ask it to write sales copy, an introduction paragraph. I could ask it to, you, you get where I'm coming from. And just by spending a little time, and ChatGPT isn't the only game in town, there's others that are also pretty good, then you can have the website done in record time compared to what it would have taken you even a few years ago. Now, some of you are in a place where you have money coming in already from, let's call it a project. Again, you're a solopreneur, you're a solo brand. Whatever you do, maybe you sell ebooks and courses. Maybe you provide online services. Maybe you build something for other people. Maybe a combination of products and services. But you've hit the wall. You've hit the wall. You've done the research. You recognize that change needs to be coming. 
And maybe you see yourself as doing something completely different down the road, but that doesn't mean that you let go of what you have already and just assume that it's going to crumble overnight. Now, that does happen. I've seen that happen before, but don't assume that you have to abandon what you have, even if it's not bringing enough money, even if your business is currently bringing in, let's say, 25% of what it needs to be bringing into your household, it would be better to get, for you to maintain that 25% if possible. Now, I know there's only 24 hours in a day, but even if you have to work a little bit harder to get your new project up and going, it's worth it in most cases to keep that other project going and still bringing in money while you're working on the new project. So, when I say things like multiple streams of income, I say it from a position of somebody who's already taken one stream of income and taken it as far as it can go. If you have whatever kind of business that you have online, if you've been doing it for like five years and it's gotten to a point but not beyond that point or seven years or whatever it is, then you already know that for whatever reason, the odds are probably that you've taken that as far as it can go. But that doesn't mean that you have to abandon that. And see, this is one of the things I learned from the old time entrepreneurs, from the old time solopreneurs before that word was even a thing. The old time business owners were always looking for new opportunities to make some money. And sometimes even people that own the old brick and mortar stores, if there was a popular item and they could get their hands on it and sell it in that store, they'd go ahead and do it. It was just another opportunity to add to the bottom line. And I guess when you have a high overhead, like a brick and mortar type of store, then you're more conscious of that. You're more conscious of cash flow and when you're making money and when you're not. And so people that have brick and mortar stores, they have less difficulty prioritizing income supporting activities. When you think about it, an income supporting activity is anything that you do that has a direct connection to the money that you're making. So you put a special together, you put a, pro a product offering together, a group of products together, and that's an income supporting activity. You're going to put something out there for sale. But when you do other things, which, for example, we could talk about just general social media, you're on social media and you're not selling anything directly at that moment. Basically, what you're doing is you're supporting the income that you've already produced. So maybe you've sold something to a group of people. And now you're available on a Facebook group or you put a YouTube channel together where you talk to people every few days about the topic or you send a newsletter out. What that is, is that's an activity that supports the income that you've already produced. That's what happens in between sales. It's you connecting with your audience or staying connected to your audience. Well, if you're not careful, and I know a lot of the old timers used to stress this. I remember this from when I was a kid. But they put a lot of emphasis on supporting the income that you've already produced. In other words, being there for your clients and your customers and all of that. But again, that's not new income. That's just supporting the income you've already produced. But when you focus, when you overfocus on that, and like I said, that was something that, if, especially for a solo brand, is something you have to focus on. But it can become easy to lose focus of the income supporting activities versus supporting the income you've already produced. In other words, the more you do, the more you earn. That's what an income-producing activity is. When you do things that will cause people to open up their wallet and take out their credit card uh, to make a sale, then that's an income-producing activity. And they say that you should be spending at least 25% of your time 
doing income producing activities with your business. And so if you've hit the wall, if you're experiencing slow growth, then and if your income producing activities aren't working, then you realize when you start a new project, that's what the focus is going to be. Now, in that sense, it's kind of like starting a new business, because what's the number one thing on your mind when you start a new business? Of course, making money. You're probably not going to be spending a whole lot of time just connecting with people on social media. You got a lot of work to do because you need money coming in. And so new businesses, that first plateau, if you will, that people get to is all the focus is on income producing activities. And so when you do that, what usually happens is things like organization and optimization. Those are things that haven't even entered the picture yet. You're just doing what you can do to make the money, to make the sales, to get the jobs and to keep more people coming in. But after you grow to a certain point, then you suddenly realize in order to hit that second plateau, you've got to organize what you're doing. You've got to optimize it and you've got to set things up so you can systematize things a little bit better. That's when you start thinking about what can I do to make my income more predictable? What can I create? What can I offer so that I can have recurring income in place? So I'm not always starting at zero every month. That's that second level. Because if you can't get to the first level, the first level, again, all income producing activity, then you don't have a viable business. You never get to the point where you know, you're working around the clock and you need somebody to sit you down and say, okay, what about outsourcing? What about systems? What about, what about, what about? You need all of that to be organized. Once you get everything organized, the next plateau, of course, is going to be, do you want to scale it or not? And, and of course, that looks different from one business to the next. Online businesses, scaling an online business is completely different looking from scaling an offline business because we don't have the high overheads. And I do have to say, I have noticed, I'm sure you have too, that online services, some of them, their prices were, I don't know, at a certain level for years. I know one of the web hosting servers that I started with probably 20 years ago, they finally went up in their prices. So web hosting has gone up. Plug-in prices have gone, have gone up. Everything has gone up. And so, yeah, I, when I look at scaling today, you, know, you have to realize that while it's not as expensive as scaling something offline, it's not exactly cheap depending on exactly what you're doing. You still need to have a manageable overhead that's kept in check. So what I'm saying today comes back to this. Don't allow yourself to get burned out by how you're thinking. For example, if you recognize the need to change course with your business, look at the changes you're making or considering making as simply being an addition or an extension to what you already have instead of something completely new. Maybe it will do well enough where you can replace what you already have. Maybe that can do it in the short term, but that's not the focus right now. Right now, what you need to do is to identify a path that you can believe in, one that you can see yourself experiencing some degree of success with in the days ahead. Maybe you're going to niche down and test a sub-market, or maybe you're going into a completely different market. Remember, if you think too big, it becomes unbelievable, and getting started will be tough. But if it's too small, your mind will probably tell you the work won't be worth the effort. One of the things that immediately comes to mind right now is the prospect of writing an ebook. I could write an ebook in the next month, but my mind tells me the return probably won't be worth the effort. 
So last week I had a thought about a course correction I was considering making in light of some of the things that I had talked about on last week's podcast and some of the things I noticed in my marketplace. I was thinking about all this. I was considering going in a different market altogether as one of the possibilities. The problem was, at the same time, I was considering leaving my existing business in the past. And as I was doing that, I thought about the effort it would take to do the new thing to replace 100% of my existing income. And so I thought about a completely different future. Suddenly, it was like all of the wind went out of my sails. I thought about the prospect of having to show up in two different places and wondering how long it would take to get enough momentum in the new thing to completely leave the old thing. Do you know what I mean by showing up in two places or showing up in general? So if the content you create is the voice of your brand, then the moment you stop creating, that's the moment your brand goes silent. That's the moment you go silent. And so I was thinking, wow, I would have to show up here. I'd have to create content there. And then the strategy side of my mind took over and I began to consider all of the potential challenges, how I'd overcome them based on past experience. And before you know it, my mind was looking forward to seeing what the latest movies were that were available on Amazon Prime and Netflix. So last week I had a thought about a course correction. I was considering making in light of some of the things that I had talked about on last week's podcast and some of the things I noticed in my marketplace. I was thinking about all this. I was considering going in a different market altogether as one of the possibilities. The problem was, at the same time, I was considering leaving my existing business in the past. And as I was doing that, I thought about the effort it would take to do the new thing to replace 100% of my existing income. And so I thought about a completely different future. Suddenly, it was like all of the wind went out of my sails. I thought about the prospect of having to show up in two different places and wondering how long it would take to get enough momentum in the new thing to completely leave the old thing. Do you know what I mean by showing up in two places or showing up in general? So if the content you create is the voice of your brand, then the moment you stop creating, that's the moment your brand goes silent. That's the moment you go silent. And so I was thinking, wow, I would have to show up here. I'd have to create content there. And then the strategy side of my mind took over and I began to consider all of the potential challenges, how I'd overcome them based on past experience. And before you know it, my mind was looking forward to seeing what the latest movies were that were available on Amazon Prime and Netflix. So yes, it's amazing how your thinking can be working against you and you're not really conscious a lot of the time that you're thinking the way you're thinking until your feelings reach a certain point and then, you know, everything feels like it's uphill from your current position. You don't feel like you have any energy to move forward. You'll put it off until tomorrow, but we're all basically wired the same way. The point is this, once you're aware of it, now you can do something about it. So I went from the mountaintop to the valley just in my thought life within the period of minutes. And that's why I'm emphasizing the need to find something or identify a target, if at all possible, that truly excites and motivates you to get headed in a better direction or at least a new direction as soon as possible. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link 
with them. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, or I guess they call it X now, wherever you happen to be. And that's about it. So thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later. Later.